The world around us is full of false choices. The temptation to be us versus them, for or against, in or out. But what does it really look like for followers of Jesus to engage in the messiness of life, the gray issues of faith, to truly allow our lives to conform to the gospel? Join us as we try to figure it out. We are the Brian and Janelle Podcast. So pleased to have back on the show a regular contributor and friend. He is pastor of Avon Avenue Baptist Church on Cleveland's southeast side. Pastor Mark Ribbons, welcome back to the show, my friend. Good morning. Thanks much. How are you guys? Better now that you're here, Pastor. Yeah, we missed you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much. Good to hear you handling the tough topics. Yeah, you know what? It's, It's important when you hear that almost half teenagers are feeling persistent hopelessness. Yeah. That's that's brutal to hear that. And I know we're going to go somewhere else here, but have you seen at least some reflection of this among those you're ministering to? Uh, among those I'm ministering to, and in fact, my own 16-year-old. So firsthand and, and secondhand in the congregation. And it's great to hear a Christian conversation about this, because as you were saying before, you, we can't just say, oh, just pray or just tough it out and be okay. Mm-hmm. And, and for generations, that's what we heard. I've discovered recently that I just wasn't good at being comfortable with my own mess, even though I should be because the gospel says I'm a mess and I need Mm -hmm. Jesus. For whatever reason, I felt like as a dad, I had to be the one that showed my kids that I'm saved now. Mm -hmm. So it's fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, right, exactly. It doesn't even make any theological sense. I I don't know how we end up in that spot, though, Pastor. Do you? It's it's the lack of transparency. It's the that the ideal that we have to present ourselves as perfect rather than as broken. So I, I think you really framed it well there. Yeah. I, I feel I felt good listening to the conversation because one of the things that I always tried to do with our daughter as she was you know, a, a little kid was to say, first of all, you can talk to me about anything. I might get mad, but we still can talk it out. And the other was to say, hey, here's a time when I really messed up or here's a time when I got in trouble. Sometimes to my wife's chagrin that I shared this story. (laughs) I I hear wives say that all the time, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you know what? That that, that starts that process, right? Of helping your kids know that you were broken, you are broken, and you can journey towards Jesus together. Oh, yeah, because I'm still a mess. Well, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait. I mean, Janelle told me to say that. Janelle told me to say that. But, but, you know, this actually ties in perfectly to the story you wanted to dig into in Scripture uh, from John 12. Can you, can you remind us what, what's happening in John 12? It's a beautiful narrative at the beginning of John 12, as Jesus is in Bethany, there's a dinner party going on at Lazarus's house, you know, Lazarus has been raised from the dead, Simon the leper is there, Mary and Martha are there, and in the midst of this going on, Mary takes this wonderful, expensive perfume, breaks it open and anoints Jesus' feet, and not only puts this wonderful, expensive, great-smelling perfume on his feet, but begins to wipe his feet with her hair. Now, when you think about feet, 
it's not something that you want to put your hair near usually. Yeah, especially back then. Uh, right. I mean, come on. Feet today are still nasty. Come on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. I, I think right. maybe even worse because, you know, then sandals, they get a little bit of air. Now uh-huh. sneakers, come on. <laughs> For real. <laughs> yeah, if your kid's just done at practice, you don't want to get anywhere near their feet. Yeah. <laughs> I told our congregation last Sunday, you know, think about how your feet are. Because this, this was a dinner. Think about what your feet are like at dinner time. And then you walk into the house and the custom is you come in, you remove your shoes, and then someone washes your feet. That's an act of humility. Yeah, big time. Yeah. But anyway, what, what happens is a beautiful picture of worship that Mary not only, you know, kneels at the feet of Jesus not only takes this wonderful perfume, but, you know, takes her hair and wipes his feet with it. And there's a cost to that worship because I was reading this anew last week when I was prepping for a sermon. Mm -hmm. And the cost of the perfume in modern dollars is estimated to be between twenty five and thirty thousand dollars. Whoa! No wonder there was disciples up in there mad at her. What you doing, girl? (laughs) Yeah. I've seen some perfumes that, you know, $100, $200, $500, never seen, and I'm sure it exists, but wow. a $30,000 perfume. Where'd yeah, she get that? Yeah, because I've, I've, I've been looking at the gas station for my cologne, so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where you even find that. Hey, it's Brian from the Brian Janelle Podcast. You know, a famous poet named William Joel, better known by the name Billy, once said in a song that if you love a woman, you should tell her about it. Common sense, right? Well, what we're going to do right now in this podcast episode as we pause is ask you to tell someone about it, it being us. If you love this podcast and you've listened to us on a regular basis, we need your help to spread the word. So pick out a friend or two, maybe your mom, your cousin, your uncle, whoever it is, Tell them about the Brian and Janelle podcast. That's one of the best ways for people to find out about great content online. Would you do it? We'd be so grateful. Thanks a lot. Back to the show. So there is, in this story, a physical, a a natural cost of of what it costs her to do this. But it also costs so much emotionally. And I love to look at where Mary was to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Mary had come from a point of loving Jesus. You, you see all throughout the Gospels, wherever she's mentioned, she's sitting at the feet of Jesus. Her sister Martha's like, Can, will you tell her to come help me out? I'm trying to make dinner here. Yeah. You know, do this. And Jesus says, no, she's, she's doing the right thing. She's, she's here and there'll be time for dinner later, but she wants to hear my word. Mary loved Jesus. And then there comes a point where Mary is disappointed with Jesus because, you know, Lazarus is sick and Mary's like, well, Jesus will come and everything will be okay. And Jesus will be here and Lazarus will be all right. And Jesus doesn't come and Lazarus dies. And there is a marked disappointment when Jesus arrives at Lazarus's burial. And Mary, you know, stops grieving long enough to say, if you'd been here, this wouldn't have happened. And then Jesus performs the wonderful miracle of calling Lazarus forth from the grave. And you know, Mary, in the midst of her disappointment, sees, oh, he's still got the power. So this is an act of worship that says, I'm repenting. I'm, I'm humbled before you, and I'm repenting 
for this act of being so upset and so disappointed with you yeah. over my brother. And that's a piece of the story we often don't take a look at. You know, that's so true because you just, I, I actually just, on the Bible in front of me, flipped back to go like, wait a minute, raising Lazarus was before this? Yeah. yeah. And it was, yeah. it was right before this, yeah. in chapter 11. And it's, yeah. this is why context matters so much, right? I mean, in light of this, she's already had, like you said, the, you know, sitting at Jesus' feet, she wept with him over Lazarus and was disappointed. And now you have, it brings more power to it, doesn't it? Absolutely. And it, and it gives us a mirror for our lives because, you know, we are, as believers, we, we love the Lord and we, we proclaim it and we, we share it and we sing it. But every now and again, we get in that anxious point or that disappointed point or that, or as you were talking about in the last half hour, that depressed point yeah. where we feel like, well, Lord, what are you going to do about it? And there's the natural tendency of the, of the natural person to say, well, the Lord's not working. And we go back to that time-honored saying of, you know, he may not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And, and so when the Lord shows up in the midst of our circumstances, and it's beyond the time frame that we thought it would be, there's a worship that comes when we say, yeah, I should have believed that you had been here. I, I should have been stronger at the point of knowing you would show up. And so there's a repentance. The, the cost is a repentance. The cost is a humbling that says, okay, whatever it costs me right now, I'll worship you for who you are and not just what you've done. And I think there's power as well in the fact that she did it in a public setting. Yeah. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's it's one thing to humble yourself to Jesus privately, but in a room full of men when you're a woman and not even valued in society as, as men are uh-huh. to just humi- like humiliate yourself in front yeah. of them, but no, Absolutely. humble yourself in front of them. That's got to have an, an additional power to it. Absolutely. And you know, Judas is in your pocket and like, well, why didn't she do, why didn't she sell this and then give us the money? Because I'm making my offering. This, this is my offering. Stay out of my pocketbook. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was nice at the moment, the way Jesus spoke into that moment, Judas's reaction. And that is the acceptance that we all are seeking in the midst of our worship and, and yeah. are gratified to find that when we open our hearts in true worship, when we, when we break open that expensive worship mm-hmm. and, and pour it out before the Lord, the Lord accepts us no matter how we're feeling, no matter who we are, no matter what we've done. In the act of repentance, there's acceptance. And that, it feels to me now even more so like a beautiful picture of the gospel, the, mm-hmm. the power and simplicity of what the Lord expects of us when we come face to face with our brokenness. Yes, yes. When, we, when we're humbled and, and publicly humbled, that, mm-hmm. that's, that's why I love the element of being able to pray publicly to to testify publicly, to, to share our struggles. Again, we come back to the topic you're talking about before, yeah. that it's okay to be transparent and say, I've struggled, but the Lord helped me. The Lord fixed me. The Lord is working on me even still. Yeah. And to, to be able to, to just be out there with our worship. And it costs something. It costs a humbling. It costs a, a repentance. And sometimes that's, it's not easy to do in front of the whole world or even in front of the whole congregation. Yeah. But sometimes we do, and it, it's got power to it. Pastor, this this is fantastic stuff, and somebody's going, I need to hear this man preach. That's right. So <laughs> how do they go uh, find you? Well, we are still at uh, at Facebook. We are having some, some issues getting our website together still, but uh, we, we've changed up providers, but you can still find us at uh, Facebook at Avon Avenue Official is the page, and they can reach out to me by email. 
uh, jazzpreacher at gmail.com. I love that. Jazzpreacher at gmail.com. No, no way to miss that. Thanks again, Pastor, for sharing your insights and, your, and the context of this passage to br- bring it to life for us today. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode. Don't forget, if you like what you hear on a weekly basis, we'd be grateful for your ratings and reviews wherever you listen. And also subscribe so you get the latest episodes. Follow us wherever you are on social media and search for us online. We're at brianandjanelle.org. Don't miss our weekday morning show with conversations just like this. You can listen on the Moody Radio mobile app or again at our website, brianandjanelle.org. Special thanks to the talented team of individuals who tirelessly put together this podcast every week, Josue Villa, Mike Reynolds, and Ron Eastwood. The Brian and Janelle Podcast is a production of WCRF Moody Radio Cleveland. Until next time, we're Brian and Janelle.